Welcome back to another episode of the Lower View Podcast. My name is Nathan Schertz, and after a bit of a hiatus, we're doing a reset, and on today's show, we are going to talk to Mr. Derek Bowman about the Bears and the Cubs. With that said, opening thoughts on the Bears last week. I don't know what the hell's going on there, to be honest, folks. Um, They are an enigma, to put it best, because you never know what you're going to get. Trubisky lost his job middle of the third quarter. Should have happened from the start of training camp, if you asked me. However, that's not how the world works. If you ask me, it's more that the Falcons lost and the Bears won because in the last three weeks, they've blown two 15-point leads. We thank you for joining us. Um, also, a little housekeeping. I'm going to start a second podcast, and we will talk disabilities. Because, as some of you know, I was born with cerebral palsy. And so, over the next few weeks, look out for the elevator discussion where we will talk about being a disabled individual in today's world. Without further ado, let's talk some sports with Mr. Derek Bowman. on the line today is Mr. Derek Bowman. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Nate. It's great to talk to you again. It's been a while, but we're back. Let's talk Bears, because I can't figure out if it's... They are either the worst 3-0 team I've ever seen or the luckiest. I can't figure it out. Yeah, they... You know, a little bit of luck goes a long way, and I'd rather be 3-0 with luck then 0-3 and be a good team like what we thought the Falcons were. Yeah, and we were talking about this a little bit. Something tells me without Dan Quinn as that coach, and I will rail on Dan Quinn like I railed on Mike McCarthy when he was in Green Bay. Without Dan Quinn, that team is a formidable, formidable opponent in the NFC South. What do you think? Well, yeah, although I'm thinking that uh, Matt Ryan has passed his peak, and I don't mean like he just just now he's I don't think he's been as good he's been since they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago um they've been down and the problem is their defense their defense is good but the offense kind of tucks it in the second half and now their defense is out on the field forever like they were against the Bears in the fourth quarter and that's not a good combination to have when you're trying to hold on to a lead absolutely that I mean a three play 18 second drive in the back into the fourth quarter what the hell is that like that can't be healthy well that you know they the the bears you know they scored what five touchdowns in the fourth quarter okay oh. only three counted or maybe one of them was in the third quarter but still yeah. the, you know the the bears nick Foles, he he moved the ball he put the ball where he needed to um there was a play early in the game i think it was the second quarter where trubisky mid miller on a, a deep ball he overthrew him exact same play Knowles puts it right, or Foles puts it right on the money and leads to a score for the Bears. So I think Foles is the right guy. He is. And 
you could just see that team perk up when he marched on the field with the RoboCop shield, which I was really disappointed that he lost after that first drive. But you could just see it in the faces of his teammates that he's a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, granted, he might be the luckiest man in the world. He's a backup quarterback with a statue in Philadelphia, but still, he's got accolades. I mean, and the Bears gave up a fourth round pick for him early in quarantine. Why didn't this happen early in the year as far as week one? You mean as far as Trubisky, as yeah, being a uh, starter over Trubisky? Long term, you hope that you were hoping that Trubisky was still that guy. He had made some advances as the season went on. I mean, don't get me wrong, Trubisky won two NFL games this year, so he's he's not quarterback in the NFL by any means. But uh, so Foles, I I think Foles just is better coming off the bench mid season than he does the start of season. I realize we're talking about when he was Jacksonville versus coming off in Philadelphia, but you know, hey, what's happened's happened. Yeah, and I think if Nagy goes back on his word and that Trubisky is the starter week four, there might be a mutiny in Chicago, and it would be bad. So it was the right call. What are some takeaways from the non-quarterback position as far as the Bears in the early part of the season? Uh, Running back... um... Doing well at running back, although losing to Ray Cohen, uh, possibly for the season. But we know sometime, and the listeners, if they go on IR this year, that does not mean they're out for the season. They have to miss, I think it's at least three or four weeks, three weeks. and then they're eligible to come back. Yeah. So that that's that's one. And the Bears' defense, you know, they they struggle early, but they, they come up big late in the game. They make some plays. Uh, okay, they caught a break in Detroit on the drop pass, but, uh, you know, they were able to, to stop the, the Giants, and I realize the Giants aren't very good. Okay, the Falcons are 0-3. Giants, I believe, are 0-3. Lions are 1-2. So 1-8 is the Bears' schedule. So strength of schedule not looking good, but you can only beat the teams that the scheduler puts on your schedule. And if we're being honest, if you're a Bears fan, you have to be excited because you would much rather work out these kinks with a crap schedule, strength of schedule, and then when it gets time in the meat and potatoes, when Tom Brady comes to town on Thursday night, when you have all eyes on you on Monday night and Sunday night, when all those primetime games come around, you don't look like a fool with you know, making it making a switch with Trubisky, it would much rather be some in a way where it's not such a headline reader in the national media market, in my opinion. So right, absolutely. So keep going. Go ahead. I was gonna say the, the the Bears. You mentioned that. Yeah, get get it out of the way now, and that's. With no preseason, that's what these first three games are, really, is to get the going. And now by this third game, they should be going. And the Bears obviously did get going in the fourth quarter. But, you know, you got the you know, the Colts coming up, and then you got the uh, Buccaneers on a Thursday night. And then, well, the Panthers, they're one and two, but then you got the Rams. And then uh, Drew Brees Saints, I know they're one and two, but they, they lost to a good Packers team yeah. on Sunday night. So, you know, easy going through the rest of the schedule. And I'm excited because if we're being honest, Khalil Mack last year did not live up to hype. But I think we're seeing 
the rebound of Khalil Mack. And honestly, the most underrated signing in all of football this offseason was Robert Quinn to the Bears. Because that is just a gnarly front. I know Eddie Goldman is out at nose tackle. However, that's still got to be a top five defense just on name recognition alone. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And their, their secondary is pretty good, too. Uh, you had four, um, you know, back there. He made a play last night. He didn't get the interception, but he set it up yeah. by uh, starting in and then dropping back on the pass. And uh, quarterback had to throw a little deeper than he wanted to. And right there, you know, the Bears had a pick. Yeah. And Jalen Johnson, too, is one dude that, you know, people were talking about he can't take the double move. The double move burns him every time. I think he's proven to be a pretty solid starting uh, secondary player in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. And and the Bears, you know, and they'll coach him up. And if you've got guys who struggle in a in an area like on a double move, you find out ways to help cover him on there. Yes. You know, you find out ways, you, you adjust your defense so that he doesn't get stuck out there by himself on a double move. That is absolutely correct. Okay, let's talk the business of football for a second. When does A-Rob get paid? Allen Robinson still doesn't have a deal, but we're, we've been promised for weeks that it's going to happen. When does it actually happen? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say that it'll happen in 2021. And unfortunately it may not be a Chicago, uh, uh, symbol on that contract when he does get paid, but you're right. He does, he does need to get paid. And I'm not familiar enough to know where the bears are on the salary cap and things like that. But a player like a Rob, he is, he adds so much to that team because he can take double teams and you can still throw him the ball. He's such a good receiver and he will catch the ball. Um, and having Jimmy Graham at tight end, that, that only helps because now he's what he's got a touchdown in the last two games. Yeah. Just, just incredible. You, you know, you got a Rob and Jimmy Graham who disappeared when he left the saints. And I know, I know where he was, but he, he didn't do anything in Seattle or green Bay. And here the Bears are resurrecting him, or or he's starting to be himself again. So, A-Rob, he should get paid in the next month. I, unfortunately, am afraid that's not going to happen. I, I hate to say you're right, but you're probably right, because he, I don't, he's not a guy that'll play under a franchise. And, yeah, he might have taken all his uh, Chicago stuff off social media, but that's what happens in today's world. But I think I my heart wants it to happen, but my head just knows that the salary cap is starting to sneak up. It's not as bad as some teams, but it is a, it is a deal. Um, one more football thing, and then we'll move to baseball. What do you think happens as we get on down the road? Do you think do you think the Bears have a shot of making the postseason, or what's your what's your view of the standings going forward? Well, the bear. I mean, the Bears are halfway to making the, the postseason already, just about. Yeah. And you figure you have two games against the Vikings, you one against the Lions. Yet, hopefully, those three are wins. That puts you at six wins already. I think you get to eight or nine, and you're in. You got the Jaguars at the end of the towards the end of the season. Yeah. That's a uh, a very good shot at a win there. Um, the Texans are probably the best zero and three team in the league, but uh, you know they're towards the end of the season also. So there's. You know, if you if you get a couple wins here, let's say uh, after you get through 
the next three games you're sitting at four and two or five and one, you can start writing your check for the playoffs. And you know, you got the Rams and Saints there, get one of those two and you're you're definitely sitting in the catbird seat. Yeah, that's best team in the NFC right now, who you got? Best team in the NFC. Oh, I don't want to say the Packers, but I may have to. Um, they're they're doing it without you know um, everything firing for them yet, and you still got them doing. You got Aaron Jones running back, uh, Rodgers at quarterback. Just you know, and and the receivers. You know that that receiving core has been beat up, but they're still producing and and finding different guys. As uh, I believe it's Devontae Adams missed the game. Um, this weekend and and they still lit it up against the saints so the the packers are the team that worry me the most uh maybe maybe the cardinals they could be tough also out west so those yeah those would be my top two to worry about the one the one that i'm worried about is russ and the seahawks at that team he if he doesn't win the if he doesn't win the mvp this year i don't know what happens or if he doesn't at least receive a decent amount of votes, it's rigged because he is just balling out. I know Tyler Lockett, his favorite target, had a hell of a week for hell of a week for me. But as far as fantasy goes, I wanted I want to see Russ do well just because you never know how long Pete Carroll has left because the guy is in his seventies now, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, let's go. Biggest, biggest surprise team in the league overall. Um, the Bears. <laughs> is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I, as a Bears fan, that's a good thing that you're a you're a surprise. I mean, you, you thought the Bears last at the end of last year. You thought if they made a few changes that they could make a, a run for the playoffs. Um, they did it two years ago and. Last year we were kind of depressed, and nothing really other than the, like the coin signing that you mentioned earlier. There was really nothing there that made you think, "Well, okay, we're good to go," because they didn't really change offensive weapons or anything along those lines, other than getting Nick Foles, and that I think is yeah. going to prove to be a big thing for the Bears. I think it is. And then league-wide, who's your who's your surprise outside of the Bears? Oh, surprise outside of the Bears. Um, you can't throw Tampa Bay in there, so I'm going to have to go the Tennessee Titans. That they're also sitting at three and zero right now. That's a that's a bit of surprise there in the AFC South. Yeah, and I hate to say this is a surprise because it's it's the evil empire in New England. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect because you knew when Cam signed. Belichick was pulling a Belichick and that he wouldn't name him the starter, but you had to know Cam looks like the old super Cam. before being honest with each other. It's just well, okay. wild. Yeah. Cam Newton's a Heisman trophy winner. You're yeah. going to put him into a system that's, that's worked for. And I don't want to take anything away from Tom Brady. Cause Tom Brady was one heck of a quarterback um, with that system and everything else. He did it without receivers that were great and everything else, but it's, it's almost a plug and play in Cam Newton. The, the big thing is the way he has revamped that offense to fit the type of quarterback that he has is tremendous. They're running backs without white on the roster yesterday because of, uh, you know, all the, the family tragedy that's happened for him in the last week. And Burkhead scores a couple touchdowns. I mean, bring in whatever running back, throw out whatever receivers and get a quarterback who understands the system you want. And, and the Patriots are going to win. Oh, yes, absolutely. So let's switch. Let's switch gears here a little bit. 
Baseball starts tomorrow or today when you hear this. Um, on Tuesday, biggest surprises as we went down the stretch in the regular season, just in general, from the Cubs and everybody else. Big surprises for me to make the playoffs are probably Florida and St. Louis because of the COVID. They're the two teams missed probably the most games, and here they made a run late in the season. looked like the Cardinals were going to fall flat on their face, and they bounced back enough to to get in. So those those two kind of surprised me that they were able to, to regain. And we know the Marlins played with a – I don't even want to call it a triple-A roster there for a while. So yeah. those, those would probably be my biggest surprises there. Yes. Um, let's talk Let's talk Cubs for a little bit. You have to play the aforementioned Marlins. What are your thoughts going into this first quote-unquote wild-card series? Well, my first thought is we got we to gotta historically do four as the Cubs, and that is – have the Marlins lose a postseason series. They have won six straight postseason series, and that's all they've ever been in. So that's, that's number one on the Cubs list is to, to find a way to beat the Marlins. Thankfully, all the games are at Wrigley, and the first one is in the afternoon. And I think playing during the day at Wrigley is better for the Cubs than uh, than playing at night. I, I, do, I think that as well. And he... You throw you Darvish game one just to set a precedent and let her ride, or do you save him? Do you try to get it done in two and save him for the next round? It, me, it would all come, and, and Ross is going to be the best person to answer this question. It comes down to how do you feel about each guy pitching with extra rest? Because if Hendricks pitches the first game, he'll be pitching on, I believe, one day's rest and then Darvish would be pitching on one day's rest. But if you want Darvish to pitch with normal rest, and I say one day, one day more than normal. Yeah. Um, if you want Darvish to pitch on normal rest, you throw him the first game, and then you have Hendricks rest. So really, it's really how do you feel about them having that extra day's rest? I think if all was equal, if that didn't play a part in it, I would almost start with Hendricks because your third guy is going to be Lester, and Lester and Hendrick speed-wise are a little bit closer, and Darvish can just I, – I know Hendrick can change speeds, but Darvish has such a wide variety of pitches and change of pace and everything else. That's up hitters going from one to the other. Absolutely, absolutely. And we didn't get to talk about it. Let's let's backtrack a little bit in the Cubs world. Alec Mills throwing the no-no. What does that do for him for confidence going into the postseason and just in general as a major league pitcher? Well, confidence, you got to have confidence. But we know we know of guys who throw no-hitters who disappeared shortly thereafter. Um, otherwise, you'd be able to name every who ever threw a no-hitter in there, you know, since you became a baseball fan. Edwin Jackson? But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, the, the question is, how did he respond after that, you know, the, the next game and the game after that? And I, I think he kept his head. He didn't expect too much. The best quote from him when he was done is, you know, I pitch – I pitched the weak contact. That's my goal. I'm not trying to strike the guys out. I'm not trying to do anything else. I'm just trying to get them to hit the ball weakly. And if I can do that, I'm successful. And the, you know, the hit of that game, you know, there, there really aren't any hits that you look at and go, man, 
somebody nailed that ball. Similar to the White Sox no-hitter that they had, for the very last pitch, the guy hit a rocket the right, and that one was caught. It yeah. was right at the right fielder. But both of those no-hitters were, you know, just pitching the pitching the poor contact, and they did well. And I think Mills could be very helpful in the postseason in the first series out of the bullpen, and then possibly if you want to use a four-starter, he's the guy. Yeah. Um, let's talk depth. Do they make it to the CS, or how deep do the Cubs make it? Going for Oh forward. wow! The the national the um first round is so so creative for upsets because I mean look at the Reds they're they're you know they're a team they got two pitchers that they could just walk in shut shut any team down and boom the series is over you win two games to none and and that so there's there's any upset as possible in a short three game series if the Cubs can make out of that. Then the question is, will their hitting work? Um, they would get probably the Braves or the the aforementioned Reds, I believe, in the the division series. The Reds, um, both of them kind of scare me a little bit. The Reds have always scared me because they have that pitching and they got some bats similar to the Cubs that could just erupt at any time. Um, and then you're going to have the Dodgers or the Padres in the NLCS. So is it possible for the Cubs to get there? Absolutely. You know, um, Chris Bryant started hitting the ball the last couple days, and if he starts feeling good, you get uh, Baez in there. Yeah, I know he had it left-handed the other night in that uh, in that onslaught on Friday night, and everybody's saying, well, you know, what was it that he was doing? The second time he's batted that way, and he's one for two. He is left-handed in everything he does but play baseball. So him batting left-handed against the guy who throws the way the guy was on that knuckleball 60 mile an hour i'm actually glad he did it because think of home run competitions home run derbies oh yeah you always worry about guys who are in that you know trying to overswing. and i think that's what baez was trying to keep from doing by batting left-handed he's starting to figure out that swing and now now he doesn't want to ruin it absolutely um let's go to the other side of town in the white Sox. i know i didn't prep you for this just general thoughts can they make some noise in the postseason versus the a's if their bats wake up the way they hit most of the season the white Sox are going to be a very tough out um they get to shorten down their pitching staff which means they you know they get the shorter starters they use they don't have to go five-man rotation they can narrow that down that's going to help them probably do better if they go on short rest with their top starters than going that but if those bats wake up uh, the way they hit most of the the regular season and you might remember this at the beginning of the year i picked them as my dark horse i could see them making a very deep run in the playoffs yes and before we get you out of here what's your what's your world series well i gotta as a Coons fan, this hurts me. I gotta start. I gotta stay with the White Sox because that that was my preseason pick, and I believe my um, National League pick it has a chance. In fact, I have fifty percent chance with my National League pick because I said some team coming out of the Central. Well, I get four from there. The team <laughs> that scares me the most is the Reds because of what I mentioned before with Bauer and Castillo. And, um, oh, by the way, they got Sonny Gray also. You know, so that's a tough pitching staff right there. And then their, their hitters are able to erupt at a moment's notice. They scare me, but I would love to see that that Subway series, that crosstown rival, the L, whatever you want to call it, red line. Um, I'd love to see it. The only problem is you won't be able to ride 
are going to see the game, you're going to have to fly down to Arlington. So I'm going to go Chicago, Chicago in the World Series. That would be that would be prime sports radio <laughs> if you're a if you're a Chicago fan. Um, but I think you're right. The one thing that scares me is the Yankees and the Dodgers, my two absolute least liked teams outside of, of course, the Cardinals. I, I don't know. It, the the Yankees get very slumpy, in my opinion. I, I don't know how I feel about them. Also, the Dodgers are just the Dodgers, and the Padres really... That... The Padres are one team that can just hit taters and not have an issue. So I, for me, I want the crosstown, but realistically, I think it's going to be something like the, the Yanks and the Dodgers, because that's just where the smart money lies. But as a fan, I want to see an all Chicago battle like we thought we were going to get. What was that? Six years ago now, um, something like that. I I want to see it just because of the storylines. That that would be the highest rated World Series in history. I would bear to guess because that would just be nuts. So, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that you, you wanted my head pick, not my heart pick. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. <laughs> and yes, it would definitely be the most watched World Series. Uh, on TV in Illinois, because what else can we do? We can't go out or do anything else in Illinois. Um, so <laughs> we're all going to be stuck sitting in our own houses watching the game, which is too bad for the bars, because they that'd be great business to get them going with that. But yeah. the, the, the smart picture, you're right on the money um, with the Yankees and the Dodgers. The Padres, I don't see them as a huge threat to the Dodgers, because Think of the Red Sox and the Yankees back before the Red Sox broke through in the early 2000s. The, the Red Sox could never get through that evil empire. The Padres, same thing with the Dodgers. They made a run at the Dodgers. They had to go play the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just knocked them out of it. And in the American League, don't forget the Rays. They they could be tough there. I go. With, I, I think you're right with the Yankees and the Dodgers if I, if I was a betting man. But um, – the the Rays would be the would be that one that could sneak in there. That's that's really good that you don't think about. Yeah, and honestly, I forgot the Rays existed. Um, <laughs> so so did a lot of other people that live in Tampa, St. Pete area. Yeah. Um, so who are you watching tomorrow afternoon? The the White Sox or the Cubs? Just for pure entertainment value. Well, on yeah, on Wednesday, I I will definitely have the Cubs on because you know I'm a Cubs fan and all that. Yes, but uh, I might I might try and figure out a way. I might have the the Cubs on my TV and the the White Sox uh, playing the radio on my phone, so I can kind of listen to both of them at the same time. And I I think that's bad for MLB to have them both play at the same time. That's absolutely you know, that, that's, that's absolutely that's awful. Split the city. Yeah. So um, we will touch base next week, and we'll talk some more Bears and some more Cubs, and we'll keep it, keep it on rolling. Thanks for jumping on, sir. All right. Thank you, Nick. Great talking to you. Yep. We will be back, and we'll wrap this show up. That about wraps up today's show. Big shout-out to Derek Bowman for getting on with us and talking some football and baseball. Next week, he will join us for the same thing. We'll try to get somebody else back on to talk some sports. Just a reminder, if you like what you hear, please go to whatever platform you use 
and hit the subscribe button and please share the podcast um that would be greatly appreciated to get us out into the world and to get our listener numbers up uh thanks for tuning in and we'll talk again next week later